0: How do, buckaroos. This is Greetings from the Uncanny Valley, the incomparable TV podcast about Westworld. Thank you to Jason and everyone at Incomparable for hosting us. We're going to step into analysis for season two, episode five of Westworld. This episode is titled Akane no Mai. I'm your host, Kelly Gamont. With me, as always, this is Don Melton. Party on, Don.
1: Party on,
0: Garth. <laughs> All right. So, here we go. First of all, the thing I'm going to say about this episode uh, that I couldn't say when we did the initial reaction was that the initial reaction, like, later Sunday night and till about lunchtime Monday Pacific, um, there was a lot of dissing, I guess, of this episode. Yeah. Um, And I feel like... It was unwarranted. It's just that whatever you give us after Lisa Joy's Hour of Glory we got with Episode 4, anything was going to be a come down after that. You know? Yeah. Like, there was no way that anything else was going to match that, for one thing. And for another thing, we got a lot of stuff from Episode 4. So, Episode 5 is sort of... It's not a it's a little a little bit in that we're laying a lot of groundwork for the next thing, and some of that groundwork looks familiar. That's not lazy on the part of the show. So I feel like I have to defend this episode a little bit because there was a lot of like, this is stupid. this is the worst episode of all of them. And I'm like, y'all need to relax because I watched it again like Tuesday, and it felt a little more it felt it didn't feel as dramatic i guess of a change once i got into it um so that was my stance on it how about you don
1: well i think i have written in the notes here this section it's titled rant uh and i think you were very 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 calm because uh uh, kelly and jim friends of the show was on the show last week the our analysis show hi jim uh We're on an iMessage chat, cleverly called Westworld, and I spam the shit out of Kelly and Jim, because I'm retired, so I don't have anything to do except uh, drink and count my money. Uh, At least that's what everybody thinks. And uh, so I'm on Reddit a lot, you know, as an observer, and I must say, and I want to be very politically correct in describing them, but oh God, what a bunch of whiny bitches this week. (laughs) I just I like... got this. That that was politically correct, right? Because oh yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. The what, judges will allow it. Yeah, what I could have said was much worse. I I was like, what? What the hell is the matter with you people? Okay, first of all, Dolores isn't evil incarnate. She hasn't betrayed mm-hmm. everything. Maeve isn't overpowered. She has not become superwoman. And there's no point in her anymore. You don't get it yet, do you? You're in. It's episode five. You're in the middle of the story, asshats. This is this is storytelling. The other thing is what's happening to Dolores right now. What she's doing. Mm. I fucking love it because yes. we had a show. Uh, when we were doing. The, um. Uh. When we we're doing the rewatch for uh, uh season one. Where somebody asked me, like, what do you want for season two? And I was like, I want to be upset. Mm -hmm. I want my world to be turned upside down. I want to be surprised. And
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Jesus H-Tap dancing Christ. Mm -hmm. Boy... Uh, the writers keep doing that every week uh, with Dolores, and I'm like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. Mm, I just
0: Thank you, may I have another?
1: Yeah, and exactly with uh, Maeve, and I just love it. In uh, last episode, it was with, you know, the man in black, you know, for, and I was listening to whining last week, it's like, well, this can't be the man in black, he can't have a conscience now, that's not right. Assholes. <laughs> y- you know, what you learn when you you learn to write fiction, and I'm, I suck at it, but my sister does this professionally. I mean, she actually writes novels and gets them published and everything else like this. The, the key thing to great writing is creating interesting characters that you care about. Yeah. And then tormenting the fuck out of them.
0: And what makes you care about them? They are relatable in some way like you can feel that you can find the shred of humanity in them or you can find a character who is in a certain position and trying to improve that position whatever that is and trying to go about it the best way that that person knows how and those are interesting i mean yeah we're we're up to our eyeballs in in star wars solo movie hype right now and let me talk to you about a character arc because a character arc is a thing that's important. And that's why it's important that Han shoots first. Anyway, it's a whole thing. Um,
1: Listen to Kelly on this. She's got <laughs> this one down. That is the absolute perfect example. That's exactly what I mean. Thank you.
0: Because, well, you need a character arc. Like, when, like, if you've ever read a story or watched a story on uh, in a TV show or in a movie or whatever, and you've watched it, you felt unsatisfied at the end. It's probably because, because this happens more than sometimes than people think. It's probably because all of the characters, or most of the characters, at the end of the story you've been told are in exactly the same place they were at the beginning. And I don't mean physically. I mean like emotionally. Like there was no journey. That character didn't take a journey, so there was no payoff. So you get to the end and you're like, "That's it."
1: Well, yeah, that's like TV shows that you know last for ten or twenty seasons. And the characters don't change. who the fuck wants that right I want yeah, it's I want boring. changes. yeah, it's boring i I want changes i I want a television series that when I get to the end of the season, I go, "What the fuck just happened right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for example another... with
0: this one, we watched the first season again, and it was a very different experience once you know what you know. yes.
1: But you know, it's still it's, unsettling, uh, unsettling, right?
0: Oh yes, and dark, and makes you think about a lot of stuff. But sometimes you think about it in a little different way, and you think about those characters in a little different way as a result. So, yeah, and maybe you—that's that's the thing I like about this. Yeah,
1: maybe you're watching Dolores and and thinking to yourself, "Is she going too far?" Here's here's a clue, Kindergartners. Yes, that's what you're supposed to ask. <laughs> And, you know, you look at Maeve and, like, is Maeve going against her principles? Like, from season one, you know, I could make you, when she tells Hector, I could make you do this, but that's not my way. Well, yeah. she's obviously not following that, so she's straight, right? This is what right. you do, This and this is what real people do. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I just, I just want to <laughs> just open up a several 50 gallon drums of whoopass on on some of these people
0: Can I order that from Amazon on my Echo?
1: I I'm sure. I in fact just because we've talk uh, talking about it now Kelly, I'm sure your Echo has already uh, ordered it for you.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's ordering but I think it's listening to me right now and eventually it's going <laughs> to send this conversation to someone in my phone. We'll see oh, what happens.
1: Hey Alexa, order some whoopass. Um <laughs>
0: I'd like a 50-gallon drum of whoop-ass, please, and a Coke. Yes, Um. and a
1: Coke. (laughs) That's important. That is important. So getting back to – sorry about that. Uh, Close uh, bracket Mm -hmm. on the rant for now. (laughs) Getting back to the episode, the thing I like about this episode, it was was very streamlined in the sense that when I wrote out the notes here on the character threads, Mm -hmm. it's like – The last episode was also very streamlined. There were only four in that episode, real character Mm -hmm. threads that you could, and there were only three in this one, and they're very pull, uh, full, and they take time. In fact, I just absolutely love the Dolores and and Teddy uh, thread, which I heard everybody whining online that that was the worst, boringest, and I'm like, I thought
0: it was really interesting because uh, for a bunch of reasons, but. Are we going to start with them? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead. All right. Um I thought it was really interesting and part of that is because remember that Dolores is trying to get out from under humans and wants to be because she she's convinced that she's superior and she has access to all of these memories and all of these times that she did all of these loops and you know has gone through them for all of her life. And she has all of that to draw on, but in certain ways, she's behaving like a person would behave in that same situation. So is she really any better? Which is the thing you're supposed to ask. Yeah. Is she really any better than the people that she's rebelling against? You know, because this is, that's always what makes a character interesting. Like, you know that's why bad guys tend to be a more interesting character to watch than a good guy. Because a lot of times the good guy doesn't really have a backstory. The good guy is doing what's right because it's right. Right. And that's it. And that's what a good guy does. But a bad guy, at least a good, not a good bad guy, an interesting bad guy, a fun to watch bad guy has a backstory where they've started down this path because they wanted to do the right thing and they wanted to do the right thing For what they believed to be the right reasons. And at some point it sort of gets away from them and they end up as a bad guy. Right. And a lot of times if they realize they're a bad guy, sometimes that's the character arc. But sometimes it's like, well, I have to do this bad thing so that this good thing can happen. And there comes a point when you're far enough down that road that you never make it to the good thing. You just end up continuing to do bad stuff. And then it's like on you what path you choose at that point. And I feel like that's where we're headed with Dolores in this. Oh, yeah. And
1: the great uh, example I would give is if you look at some of the things. Let's go to Game of Thrones. And spoiler alert, I'll talk about, you know, some stuff. The, the odds are you everybody who listens to this podcast also uh, watches Game of Thrones. <laughs> uh, uh, And if not, you don't
0: know by now, then you probably won't care about this bit anyway, so it's just an illustrative example. It'll be fine.
1: Yeah, but look at some of the things that, you know, Jon Snow uh, did uh, putting the uh, traitors to death. You know, even like uh, Ali, who's like a a 12 or 14-year-old boy. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. grim shit. And then look Mm -hmm. at the stuff that Ned Stark refused to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And he's yeah. dead.
0: <laughs> so, well and look at well and look at what Danny did in the name of freeing all the slaves. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nailing like, yeah, when you when you nail a motherfucker to a cross, like, it's really hard for me to think you're the good guy. I don't care who you nailed up. Yeah. Like that's a pretty that's a pretty soul staining act. Like you can't come out of that on the other side a hundred percent, you know, like I just
1: and that's, yeah. and that's, that's wonderful. That, that makes the characters interesting and not right. everybody is a hero. and reaction. not, every, like,
0: and again, not a, I'm doing a bad thing, but I'm doing it for a really good reason.
1: Yeah. Not everybody's a hero. Not everybody's a villain. I mean, mm-hmm. even the Delos people, uh, I, I'm looking forward to them exploring, uh, Charlotte Hale and giving her depth. She's just not, a. A one, known, uh, one note person, and I assume Carl Strand isn't either. I want to know more about them. That's what makes it fun. Uh, uh, I thought it was interesting where, if anyone was over the top crazy this season, uh, it's where they took uh, Major Craddock. You know, yeah. they painted with broad strokes there, but still you understood why he did that, why he had that complex, because he'd been resurrected, and he knew he'd been resurrected previously, Mm -hmm. and he had no context for how to measure that, because he he didn't have access to his old history. So this is the kind of thing, I I love exploring these little corners and stuff like that. Plus, there were all sorts of nuggets dropped this episode about what's going on. You know, getting away from Dolores and Teddy, when we open the episode to Strand, Mailing, Costa, and Silent Bernard, and possibly dead or possum playing Teddy on the pile of bodies, we find out so many nuggets of facts there, so mm-hmm. many things you can build theories on, which, <coughs> excuse me, which uh, a lot of people out there are doing that, like, uh, what the hell is going on? Uh, you know, with Bernard in that in that conversation in, and is Teddy really dead? Because this is this t- uh, time frame is happening after Dolores uh, puts the hex on him to change his attributes. Mm-hmm. By the way, uh, there was a lot of confusion uh, after the episode. About that attribute change of Teddy, and we didn't know this the night that we did the reaction show. Yeah. But uh, apparently, the review copy to critics—remember, the critics got the first five episodes to review mm-hmm. uh, on DVD or Blu- I, uh, Blu-ray or uh, beamed right to their minds. I don't know how it was done.
0: Whatever it was, they got yeah. yeah.
1: But way ahead. But they were. It was slightly different, and the. Uh, the effects and the screen actually showed, you know, the big pointy diagram that we saw with Maeve uh, last season. They actually showed which attributes before and after Dolores changed on Teddy. And that was stricken from uh, the final version. I don't know why they struck it. They changed that. But if you look online and I'll, I'll include a note to uh, a handy Redditor who obviously somehow got the review copy, how the evil bastard got that, I don't know. But uh, there'll be a link to a JPEG in there that shows that. Uh, but uh, we that's finding out a lot of stuff. And it, and it makes me think if that happened in the past, and Teddy's laying there dead in the future, and he has all these things amped up, my guess is Teddy's playing possum. He ain't dead. He's floating Ooh. in that water as a, as literally a sleeper agent for Dolores. So I'll, I'll put money on this one. And I think Bernard in this time frame knows it. And that's what he's looking around. And he's uh, Bernard Arnold, whoever the hell it is in this time frame, he's looking around and waiting for the signal. Because another scene from the set of unseen scenes that I've been like cataloging that I haven't mm-hmm. seen, is we haven't seen uh, Bernard shooting a machine gun like a badass yet. And, I'm, and we haven't seen Bernard in the Red Room. And I'm guessing the reason why we haven't is that's not Bernard in the original takeover of the Red Control Room. There's another kick-ass session going on uh, that is coming up in the control room. So there's all sorts of stuff going on in this episode that we didn't know before. And we didn't even, we haven't even talked yet about what we find out about Shogun world and how the park really works. Mm -hmm. You know, people bitch about, you know, there's not much to this episode. There is all kinds of stuff. At, At least Sizemore, um, is like, uh, uh, Any exposition in this episode, we find out so much about how stories are crafted, how the parks relate to each other in a very amusing way, and everything. But that's all kinds of depth, right? It is. It is very. And here's the funny thing: is is I watch after I watch the episodes the the first time, I watch them uh, the second time with my sister because she doesn't like to watch alone. Uh, And Mm -hmm. it's her first watch, and uh, always my second watch. And she actually liked episode five better than episode four.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Because she just thought, oh, this is the way you do it. This is the way you fuck with the characters, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And as a writer, she just found that uh, fascinating. I mean, it's not that she didn't like episode four. It's just that she really liked the the darkness and the uncertainty that was in episode five.
0: Now I had a really good time with this good, with this, this in-depth look at Shogun world in practice. Oh yeah. Like, you know, once we've heard about it and stuff, um, like, you know what, like getting to see how it operates every day. Like we did with, with Sweetwater It was a lot of fun I really enjoyed it getting getting a close-up look at at what was supposed to be like the day-to-day stuff right so it was for me it was terribly interesting and so I was lost in the 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 interest that I had in the detail and how does it work and who is this and how do they correspond to a character I already know and doing that was a lot of fun and when I watched it, when I watched it through again, even knowing what I knew about how the episode turned out, what was going to happen, even then, I was very, I was very interested in in what was going on, looking at other details, and trying to like figure it out. And I had a great time. So to me, it was really great. And plus,
1: you get to watch a. Uh... Uh, a Japanese uh, dance uh, to the tune uh, of the Wu-Tang Clan, right? <laughs> yes. That, that absolutely rocked. That was just, that was just marvelous. And uh, I just the finesse they put in this episode. And also uh, uh, seeing Akane just slice that, uh, the Shogun's head right in half. Oh, by the way, you didn't see it in the episode. I went back frame by frame and looked. But if you look at the the behind-the-scenes video, which we didn't have access to when we did the reaction show, but the the behind-the-scenes video, you can actually see the control unit inside the head after she sliced it open. And she sliced into the edge of the, the control unit. So uh, talk about details, you know. Yeah. Production. So. That's that w- pretty great. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. So the question is, is uh, what happens next with Maeve? Because she's got the uh, katana and she's heading out towards the troops and she's going to use her new uh, mm-hmm. mind witch powers, not just her vocal witch powers. Which I'm sure she's using. This awesome. The, the the host mesh network, and we need to find out what the rules are with that. Like, mm-hmm. could could Mave, as she almost did with Akane, could she wake other hosts doing that? Could she set off a chain reaction within mm-hmm. the park? Uh, I think that's really, I think that's really interesting. And we know that not everything goes Mave's way because we know. Spoiler alert from the trailers. That there is a, uh, and we also know a spoiler alert from one of the behind the scenes interviews with the makeup team this week that they said one of the hardest things was doing the the bleeding and bruised makeup on Maeve, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, on Tandy Newton this year. Uh, and we've seen Maeve injured and bleeding on a table. So yes. some, some bad shit's going to go down. And I know that. When Maeve gets injured later this season, there's all there's going to be a, another bunch of whiny bitches on Reddit about that. It's like, what do you expect these people to sit around and just have tea and talk shop all day? I mean, that's a different show. Yeah, that's a different show. That ain't <laughs> Westworld. That ain't that ain't. Uh, uh, crazy sex bots uh, going off and killing us all. That's what this show's about.
0: Yeah, when you give me Wild West sex robots and then you give them tea, I'm not doing two podcasts a week about that show. I'm not. Yeah.
1: Well, and the great thing was Maeve's line about that in this episode when she's sitting there next to Sizemore and she's about to lose her shit because that's all they're doing is sitting around and having tea. Yes. Uh, so talk about meta commentary. <laughs> uh, so I, I
0: just like I really and in- overall I enjoyed this episode and I think it's partly because I'm learn I've learned the rules of the show and the rules of the show state that uh, like everything they are showing me they're showing me for a reason this comes yep. back to my favorite hashtag no frame wasted. And and so I'm learning like everything that you that you give a, give me a lingering shot of every time you show me a conversation between a couple of people every the way in which a particular shot is framed the way a particular sequence is shot the stuff that I'm seeing in the frame and the stuff that I can mentally fill in that's out of frame all of that is that way for a reason so I feel like when I watch an episode like this which is not a truckload of action like that we've built up to over time. You know, um, When it's not the uh, episode 9 of Game of Thrones episode yeah. <laughs> of Westworld, when it's not that episode, I know we're laying groundwork for that episode. I know that's what oh, we're doing. I totally, know totally. that everything we're getting here is advancing us to that episode 9. Holy shit, everything just jumped right the hell off. You know, I know that's where we're going. And so I almost pay more attention to these episodes for that reason, because I know everything you're giving me here is going to pay off doubly down the line. How far down the line? I don't know. But I know I'm going to get
1: there. Well, you only have five episodes remaining, so (laughs) it's going to pay off pretty quick. So and. And. And for me, almost as good as the whole episode was was that, uh, I guess it's a minute and a half. Is it like ninety seconds? The trailer for episode six. Oh uh, f- yeah, phase space, and we see uh, we see the cradle. We see Elsie and Bernard have mm-hmm. made their way from uh, Lazarus's cave, James Ellis's cave. Over to the Mesa, and this is obviously before the cradle has been burned and all the host data has been lost, mm-hmm. which will happen in the future, because uh, uh, Strand and Costa were talking about that. Costa showed Strand the, the picture of the cradle being torched. So there in the the cradle, uh, that's mm-hmm. amazing. And we just, somebody on Reddit just this evening noticed that – Uh, In the second shot of that that we see, it appears that Bernard is handing Elsie the chestnut that Ford had him made, which means they found that fucking chestnut. It was somewhere Mm somewhere. Bernard has it again. What the hell is he doing uh, handing it to Elsie? But that's what it looks like to me. I mean, he's handing her something round, and it's either a goddamn ping pong ball or it's one of these chestnuts, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like the marble. Yeah, the marble that what we they saw call that. before. Yeah. And the reason. And so when I looked at that um, when, like, when we went back through it because you told me, hey, somebody noticed this. And when I was looking at it, it looks like Elsie is standing in front of some sort of machinery and there's maybe a place for that thing to go.
1: Yeah, it's like a, probably a slot in there. And then yes. later, she's standing in front of a console, and in the background is this rig that we don't know what it is. But then we see Bernard in that rig in the background, mm-hmm. in, the, in the center of the thing, with a, with literally a tin foil hat on, which I thought was, <laughs> which was funny production design. Um, so there's that. But even in the trailer for Episode 6, Phase Space, and I'm sure Phase Space is referring to the Cradle – but even before that, we have that scene with Dolores and what we assume, who we assume is Arnold. Mm-hmm. And Dolores has, they're talking, and Dolores comes out and says, no, he didn't say that. He didn't so say he's, it that way. Yeah, it, it's like, and that is also letterbox. Did you notice that the, that scene? Yes. And, you know, she says, uh, he says, I think I have a choice to make.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And she uh, and she says, no, he didn't say that. Meaning, uh, I interpret it to mean that Arnold didn't say that. So what I'm wondering, has is sometime in the past, Dolores been in that box... With the little red chestnut ping pong ball thing Mm -hmm. that is maybe Arnold's consciousness. And maybe in the scenes later on, this is a theory that's gaining a lot of traction. You know, when in the in the very first episode of season two, when Bernard wakes up on the beach Mm -hmm. in the latest time frame, the -hmm. theory is that's not Bernard. That's a host hybrid version
0: of Arnold. And Bernard. Oh, so Arnold in now now in New Delos flavor. Yeah new, okay. yeah,
1: new Delos flavor. So maybe, I don't know, but there are, you know, if you, th- if you th- and I think Episode 5 is rich with content, this 90 seconds of this trailer, though, are super rich, and then we get all sorts of scenes with Maeve and company back in Shogun World, and... Other fights and other things going on. I have no idea what the hell's going on. And now no, they've released, clue. yeah. Now they've released production stills from episode six, and we see the man in black and Emily, Need Grace, uh, sitting having a conversation by the fire. We mm-hmm. also see uh, in the production stills a whole new kick-ass. Uh, Teddy Flood, our our own Theodore on the train, copping a whole new attitude. So mm-hmm. what the what the hell's that about? So, uh, episode six is gonna be dancing. Let me tell you.
0: There oh are, yeah, there's gonna be From dancing. The, yeah, start to finish, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, if nothing else, for I feel like. I think we talked about this uh, sort of similar moment in season one where you're at the top of the roller coaster. You're at the top of the high hill and you pause there for a second (laughs) before you plunge to your inevitable death. Um, That's what this episode felt like to me. Agreed. Because I had a lot of anticipation and I had a lot of. You know, like I said, like I, I understand how the show works, so I know what they're showing me. They're showing me for a reason, and it's not we had this hour to fucking fill. That's not. <laughs> it's not like oh well, we had to give them ten; they can't all be great. Like no, that's totally not what's happening here. So, I really enjoy an episode like this where we get what seems like a lot of setup because I almost feel like I have to pay more attention to these episodes because I need all that information so that when I get the payoff, the payoff makes sense.
1: Yes. You need, you need that stuff and it's not filler. It's all like nuggets. Mm -hmm. By the way, I was reading some uh, articles today uh, about the actors, uh, uh, interviews with the actors and stuff. And, um, uh, the, uh, uh, oh, and I don't have his name up and I don't want to mispronounce it. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the, um, I'll get it up here in a second so I can, like, try not to screw it up. Uh, uh he was the, um, uh, uh, Hector counterpart in Shogun World. Oh, Masashi. Uh, Masashi, thank you. Uh, uh, played by, um, I want to get this uh Hiroyuki Sonata. Mm. And uh apparently and I didn't realize this, I've seen him in several other films, but he is actually quite the swordsman. Uh, and yes. He, and he and he's a well
0: known Yeah. He would be he's like Clint Eastwood, but Japan. Like yeah. he's in a lot of like Exactly. Samurai, yeah. Shogun sort of movies and did all that stuff and did his own fighting in a lot of those
1: uh yes and uh he is very very uh well respected and uh in fact the uh uh, obviously they don't get along on the screen rodrigo santoro and uh, uh uh mr sonata but they were rodrigo was just following him around trying to learn this shit because he just thought he was amazing Mm-hmm. Uh, and they had some uh, behind the scenes of him trying to, you know, learn some of the moves and stuff because Rodriguez uh, found it fascinating. And apparently all the actors got along with each other very well. But Mr. Sonata was actually helping, uh, helping the fight choreographers by doing suggestions for moves and things like this because he really does know how to swing these things. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't use any stunt doubles. That's yeah. all him. All mm-hmm. the moves, blades in his faces, and swinging mere inches away from him—that's all Hiroyuki <laughs> Sonata. Every the time you is... think
0: you see him, you see him. Yes. That's exactly what's happening. It's yeah. not special
1: <laughs> effects, no. No. Uh, and nor uh, is it a
0: stunt double. Like it's—it's it's really him, full on every time. I was really impressed to read that.
1: Yeah.
0: Just uh, as a like as a person who. I don't feel like I would be very coordinated with some of that stuff. So, seeing somebody else do it is really impressive to me.
1: Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who jokes that, that she's the clumsiest person on the show, she was totally in awe of Franco uh, Kikuchi uh, mm. doing the dance. Nakani, uh, she had a yes. great she had a great uh, tweet about uh, it was a you know her starting the dance. And she said, I think I'll just look at this on repeat all day. Mm -hmm. Uh, She embedded (laughs) the picture. I also found out that, uh, and a lot of Japanese speakers online, I don't know, I don't speak Japanese, but they were very impressed with the not modern Japanese, but traditional Japanese. That's spoken throughout the episode. And Tandy Newton kicking ass at the pronunciation and Tandy said that um, Mr. Sonata, uh, Hiroki Sonata, uh, and the uh, other actors were very, very helpful with her, uh, mm-hmm. with her pronunciation and getting, getting the emphasis and everything else right. She was so panicked about that. She did not want to, yeah. she did not want to screw that up. She worked so hard on that episode to get that right. And then and I, one
0: thing I noticed from somebody who uh, does speak Japanese. Uh, when I was watching the episode with a friend of mine who who speaks some Japanese said um, what was notable was that uh, there there wasn't a lot of accent in what anybody was saying. They sounded legitimately Japanese and not like somebody who came to speak Japanese through some other language or like something else was their first language was just noting how legit basically <laughs> everybody sounded Um and it would be a lot like um you know in Sweetwater, hearing people talk the way people talked in the eighteen hundreds, like which is not the same as how people talk today. so um that was the other thing that he sort of noticed was the 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 structure, and some of the the very particular word choice that they were using was far more traditional. it wasn't it was more you know, archaic, modern day Japanese
1: right? it was more archaic, right? yeah. So I also uh, read an interview with uh, Evan Rachel Wood, who said uh, this was by far the hardest episode uh, for her to film this season. Yeah. And and the whole scene with where she, you know, makes the decision to basically reprogram Teddy. She said every time the director uh, said cut, she basically had to walk off set to cry. Mm hmm. When they were rehearsing that scene and she said it was it was so hard uh, for her and James Um, just because you fall in love with the characters the way they are and you identify them. So she says, I know how the fans feel. I feel that, too. But the character is making this change, too. But, you know, we get it. We get it. It's a hard, painful thing to do. And so I thought that was very, very interesting. And she's um, uh, uh, James Marsden said uh, Evan Rachel Wood is just such a delight to work with. But she, she's very funny. She can be just totally screwing around. And when the camera rolls, she's like snapped in
0: immediately. Right? Flips the switch, yeah. She
1: flips the switch. And he's like, damn it. I can't even do it that fast.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I really. Again, I really enjoy watching her, and I enjoy watching her in this particular role. Yeah, and uh, like I've I've enjoyed her. Like I I mean, I've enjoyed everybody. And by the way, I just need to derail slightly for just a second here uh, to let everybody know that um, if you are not already. Hopelessly in love with Tandy Newton. First of all, what the hell is wrong with you? (laughs) Second of all, because you should be. And if you're not, like, that's on you, buddy. I'm sorry. Um, But if you needed more evidence that she is an absolute delight on every possible front. Uh, For people who don't know, and I'm not giving anything away here. She got her own poster. She's in Solo, A Star Wars Story. She's in the movie. And as a... an actor of some renown who goes, who is part of the movie. Um, she attended the premiere and attended the premiere in a dress with Star Wars that had Star Wars action figures printed on it. And it was just the black Star Wars action figures. And the reason this is important to me is not because the fa- she had the fabric made in order for this dress to be made of this fabric. It is this the way they made the fabric was a professional photographer came to Tandy Newton's house and took pictures of Star Wars guys from her own personal collection and those pictures were the pictures they used to make the fabric for that dress and that is the most glorious bit of news that I can share with you this week because it is the most glorious bit of news probably in 2018 so far um So there you go. May I say,
1: you know, geek cred straight up and down.
0: Pharrell. Um, Also, I saw Solo and I enjoyed it. I will talk about it later on another Incomparable show. (laughs) So um, I did like it and I'm going to go see it again before we do the the other recording. So just to to close that little loop there. Um, She's fantastic and I love that that's a thing that happened. And it's a thing that makes me love her even more. And it's just one of those things that's a, like this little testament to the the caliber of people that work on this show. Not the caliber of artist, not the caliber of actor, not the caliber of personality or introvert or extrovert or whatever. Just like good, good, good people. people. Good people. Yeah. yeah. Crazy people. I mean – Oh, pretty, absolutely. Pretty nice, yeah. <laughs> to be sure. Like – yes all of them have yeah because you have to be a little off to want to be a person who does stuff like this regularly for money like that's just how it is um but i it was super great i really enjoyed it and uh so i just needed to share that detail with people who may have missed it.
1: oh yeah uh, uh kelly uh she put the uh, photograph to be in uh, iMessage this week, really excited. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But I didn't understand the context until she linked to the article. She was like, you dumbass, <laughs> did you read the article? And I was like, whoa, 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 holy shit, what a geek, I think was my comment. Yes. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with that. But the other thing I liked is uh, the statements she was making by putting all black actors on the, the dress. Yes. And it was like just a little bit of a, you know, a little bit Mm -hmm. of an emphasis. And we need that in this time. Yes. We need that desperately. And so I was very glad uh, to hear that. Anyway, so these people are working, working really hard on this shit. And they obviously, they obviously love it a lot. And uh, I honestly think, you know, the actors, they're, they're... they're told to promote the show every week and do tweets and other social media stuff. But it's really obvious from the way some of them are doing it, they're getting a total kick out of nerding out with the rest of us on this shit.
0: Oh, uh, absolutely. That's That's been super great. Like uh, Jimmy Simpson <laughs> reading stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. This week, uh, we should we should put a uh, link to that in the show note. Uh, Jimmy Sim- Simpson reading uh, Stupid Theories uh, online. Oh, God, that was hysterical. <laughs> it was if so you, great. If you've never seen Jimmy Simpson do the summary of season one, oh, know, go to YouTube yes. and find that one. That one's delightful. But I'll put a link week,
0: to that in the show notes as well.
1: Yeah. And, uh, but this was uh, that same quality of, of crazy. And he also shot down, like, several theories uh, uh, out there uh, that people have. Possibly even one I've mentioned tonight uh, popped a cap <laughs> in their ass. So um, obviously other things uh, are happening. And
0: You know, d- I want to modify one of my desires slightly as we talk about this. Um, I keep – Saying that a thing that I really want is for Lisa and Jonah to have a podcast that is, this is not a thing. And I don't anymore. I've changed my mind. I just want Jimmy Simpson to read off a list. (laughs) I just want a video of Jimmy Simpson going, that person who went by in the background on the escalator, not a thing. (laughs) Four people sitting at that table when they walk by having the conversation about the thing with the stuff and whatever. Not a thing. Not a thing. That's what I want. I just wanted to be Jimmy Simpson as he like reads off this piece of paper and then looks up into the camera and goes, That's not a thing. You know, since I'm apparently the only person who wants this, he may as well just put my name in it. Kelly. That was not a thing. (laughs)
1: I'll get right on it suggesting that to him. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, if anybody knows anybody who has a friend and could make some calls, yeah, I would really enjoy a video please, clip. Please make Jenny that. Jimmy Simpson ha- straight in the camera, just staring down the lens, going, Kelly, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, My birthday's in November. Let's get cracking. Yes.
1: Uh, okay, anything else to say about this episode?
0: Um,. Holy crap, Wu Tang! Like, I guess, I guess I knew I'd get some hip hop, but I didn't really like. I I guess I didn't realize it would go any further than Kanye, and so I just was was uh, pretty interested in that. Um, it was also really nice to hear, in a way, like it was oddly comforting to hear the Mariposa theme again. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I know it was like in a Japanese flavor, um, but I really enjoyed hearing it again because we haven't for so long. Uh, so that was really nice. Um,
1: and it was it was nice to hear the Rolling Stones in Japanese again too, right?
0: Oh, that sequence. Yeah. The video of, yeah. Um, I will link to that too. Um, the way Painted Black looked in season... The, the Side by side? The video that was, yes, the video, you know, the sequence that you see as you're hearing Paint It Black uh, in season one versus season two. Somebody did a side by side comparison of those. And I'm going to um, add that to by, the show notes as well. By,
1: by the way, one of the reasons that's in there is when Dan Dietz, who wrote this episode, wrote the episode, he didn't actually include that whole thing in the script and Craig Zobel went to Dietz and to Nolan and Joyce like, oh, we gotta, we so gotta do this side by side, you know, you know, you we're missing yeah, how an opportunity. Oper- yeah, and so <laughs> and Dietz was like, oh, you're totally right. And so he went in and they did a, a script revision uh, based on Zobel's idea. And he was like, so he actually went in. And looked at the old footage, uh, the footage, old footage, mm-hmm. it's not like it's from the 30s or something. Uh, the the footage season from,
0: one sequence.
1: Yeah, the season one sequence for, uh, from episode one. And he was like, you know, homage, borderline, duplicate the f- framing exactly. And so mm-hmm. he, he walked that line very, very carefully. Uh, yes. But that's, uh, thank you, Craig Zobel, for, ma- for just cracking me the fuck up. I just thought Oh, it was wasn't right. that great? It but it was I not just, only it... funny, but it was also sad when you think about the loops and you think about identity, what does it mean for your own fake backstory if somebody else has
0: the same backstory?
1: Fa- yeah, and so it, it, it gets so meta and turned in on itself. You can make yourself nuts after a while. So I'm...
0: Yeah, it was, a, you know, a little Inception-y. Um, I will point out... That's, though, a that... <laughs> That's
1: a good way to put it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, meeting, because I don't remember her name and now I feel badly that I don't remember her name, but uh, Japanese Armistice... Yes. ...is amazing. And yeah. I... Yeah, that's. I think that might be this season's uh, wish for webisodes. Is
1: Ar- Armistice and Hanario going off and talking to Hanario. each other?
0: Hanario, yeah. Yes. Um, or just just to see like what happens. Like, I feel like because I know that Armistice is really interesting, I would really hope that her counterpart in Shogun World is also really interesting. So. I would like to see a little more interaction there because I thought she was super great and I really liked uh, uh, her interaction with everybody. Like, I just really had had fun with her. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to finding out what causes God advanced by this episode. I think that that would be my, my overall on this one is I know there's some setup here and, like, we're building to something and i can't quite get the shape of what's being built yet and yes part of that is because i don't know what's not a thing and so i get caught up in some details but i really i felt like there was a lot in this episode that this is going to be one of the big ones to go back to and i think maybe that's a like another view of this that isn't necessarily getting appreciated, you know, because it's not, when we talk about season one, episode seven is kind of the same. Yep. Both once, like as you watch it for the first time and as you watch it for the second time, episode seven, Bernard is the final Cylon is the same no matter what. Now you didn't know it before. And yes, that's a big deal to have happen, But the episode plays exactly the same. Maybe you're not surprised by it, but it's the same. What it does is color everything after now that you know. And when you go back and watch again, it colors one through six. And once you watch episode 10, like, what happens to Ford happens to Ford no matter what. But when we've been building to this point, And then you go back and watch season one again, now that you've seen it. And now that you know where everybody ends up at the end of episode 10, when you go back and watch again, some of those conversations, which at the time it wasn't action, it wasn't a big deal. It was, you know, some of them aren't even necessarily exposition that's happening. It's just a conversation between a couple of people that isn't necessarily advancing any plot. And that stuff is all completely different As a result of the big thing that happened in that episode later in the season. And then when you go back and watch again, you know, we talked about this before, like, it's a giant neon sign. We just didn't know, you know, it just wasn't on the first time through or whatever. And I feel like this is one of those episodes that's going to be totally, totally huge after we get through it and we're watching it again. Well, and
1: Jeffrey Wright said essentially the same thing when, before he started filming season uh, two, after he uh, had got some of the scripts, he went back and watched season one to sort of get the flavor of his performances again, to, uh, to get in the mindset. And mm-hmm. he was gobsmacked by the fact that, oh my God, Nolan and Joy had just painted big Neon letters pointing the way
0: mm-hmm. for
1: where they were going, and he, and he said it was in like the one of the, some of the very first scenes he filmed, were yeah. like, you know, this is exactly where the series is going to go, and he just didn't realize it until he did his own rewatch, and that's from like one of the, the top four stars on the show, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, so.
0: And if he would like to come on and ta- tell us about his theories, we would be more than happy to have him as a guest.
1: <laughs> more than happy.
0: Because I'm just going to keep saying that until we finally get hey, to who knows? the show. Who knows, the show. Kelly? Who knows? Yeah. Hey, I live in a world where the CEO of Apple said the name App Camp for Girls out loud on video where people could hear it. I feel like all things are possible. That's yes. all I'm saying. Yes. Things are possible. (laughs) So if anybody from the show wants to come on to talk to us about their theories, wants to talk to us about what it's like to work on the show, wants to talk to us about basically anything, um, if you want to tell me how you did or did not like Solo and how it disappointed you, come on the show. We would really like to have you. Um, (laughs) uh, So I think – I've stated about this episode, I feel like this is going to be one of the ones... I think episode four is going to be one that is interesting in its own way once we know. Yes. You know, in in rewatch, episode four is going to be interesting. But I feel like episode five and some of these ones like this uh, are going to be the ones that are going to be really important the second time through because they're going to be very different. And... Uh, and I'm super looking forward to next week, uh, and for the for for the same thing because I feel like it's going to be more build, and, and I really and like the build. Only
1: one. two days from now, and by the way, public service announcement: if you had gotten the free month of HBO subscription, mm-hmm. guess what? You got to pay to see episode six because your free month is over now. Oh. Yeah, Good to so, know. Yeah. So, uh, right. and it's totally worth it. I mean, HP, uh If you get like, I uh, uh, Kelly has HBO. Uh, uh, uh go. And
0: go. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because you have it on cable. I have HBO now because I I'm a cord cutter, and it's super cheap. I mean, watching Westworld, streaming immediate availability for the entire season. It's only going to cost me like about thirty bucks. Right. Mm Because it's only it's basically it fits in two months. So and uh, there's
0: all the other stuff that you get along with that. Like, yeah, you get Westworld, but you also get last week tonight. You get whatever movies they have available and they have some good comedy stuff. And some of the documentaries are all of Game of Thrones, trying to be a commercial for HBO, but you're getting more than Westworld for that.
1: Yeah. You're getting all of Game of Thrones if you stupidly haven't seen it. And you didn't get my jokes (laughs) earlier. So totally worth it for that. And uh, and for a lot of these shows, series and stuff like that, uh, there's like bonus content and things like that uh, on the web. You know, people don't just watch it at a prescribed hour on regular TV anymore. I hate to break this to you folks, but <laughs> – so, and I'm the old guy here, and I, I I haven't done that in years. So
0: So I think – so what's the thing in the trailer – For next week, which is Sunday, which is two days from now. uh, What's the thing in that that you are are most interested in?
1: It's hard to say. I want to know what the hell is going on in Shogun World, certainly. But that shit with uh, Bernard and Elsie in the cradle Mm -hmm. has just fucked with me. (laughs) What the hell is Teddy doing walking around Sweetwater uh, strutting his and stuff. And it seems
0: like there's other people in. Yeah, the in the,
1: too. Yeah, and like he passes Bernard in the door, and then
0: Dude, what the hell is it? Up- it's like it's it's like VR. He's yeah. doing like the thing that Bernard the the tinfoil hat that Bernard is wearing. Yeah, is like letting him. Okay, you made fun of me last week, <laughs> Harry Potter, but it's the pensive. That's what's happening here yeah Pensieve, well, the, with the the memory you know and dumbledore well, like puts his wand to his I, head and puts the thing in the pool well, and i always think of it. it i
1: always think of it as the x-men with uh professor x sitting in the
0: uh, uh oh well what, what cerebro the fuck was kind of cerebro yeah um cerebro a little more real timey and yeah. the pensive is is for memory and so to me it felt like that was a memory and that's why Teddy doesn't see him and that's why there's people in the Mariposa so that's what I'm filling in for headcanon until we find this out in like 48 hours
1: wow and the the next thing I'm looking the the final thing I'm looking for the big thing to me is what the fuck is up with Dolores and Arnold in those letterbox scenes you know why are I am this, you know?
0: super interested in that and the close second is we got the map
1: yeah we got the map yeah
0: so because I'm I'm very interested in what the map is going to show them. yeah
1: I want to see more strand uh, mailing and Costa and where the hell has Charlotte been for two episodes? yes you know i i uh you got and She's te- not
0: even in the trailer for this one which i was yeah. i was I, I sort of wondered like we got to the end and i felt like i had a lot of stuff to think about but one of the things that i was sort of considering was where she went because we got Oh and did i mention one? This was- is our timeline thing. This is this is the timeline secret for 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 our Nard dogs. Yes.
1: I, I want to I want me some Nard dogs along with my Doritos. The other thing is, what the hell's going on with the family reunion with uh, the Man in Black and Emily? All right, are we, How much of that are we going to see? And and most importantly, uh, Kelly, is Lawrence going to say motherfucker Mother <laughs> again? <gasps> I hope so. Uh, yeah. Um.
0: And on that note, (laughs) it it warms my heart, I have to say, Um, I'm really curious about uh, the man in black and Emily Grace, but um, only with how at this point, anyway, only in how it relates to the other stuff. I'm I'm more curious about uh, the Delos stuff. I'm just going to assume they're Delos uh, strand and and mailing and Costa. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to get more of them because I want to know what's up there. And, uh, I guess we'll see. I'm really, I, I'm also looking forward to seeing what song we get next week too. Cause that's always fun. Yeah, we've got that's a- one of my favorite parts is, is that little bit of name that tune every song. And Monday then, night. Yeah. And then listening either on uh,
1: YouTube or Apple Music, those songs over and over and over again until our ears bleed, which.
0: Well, they're really like they're also really great versions. And I think that's one of the things that I love about this. And when we inevitably get Tom Bridge to come back and talk to us about it, we will talk about the music. And part of it is because I feel like, first of all, they've made smart decisions in the songs that they have used. Uh, because they what? hold up seven nation army. When you reformat oh, it, <laughs> it's a song that holds up. That bass line is astounding, and I don't care what instrument you play it on; it's always going to sound great.
1: I, I don't know. We still don't know. We heard it in the trailer, but which episode has heart shaped box in it, and what are they going to set that to?
0: Uh, maybe it's just the trailer.
1: Oh man, it's got to make it in the episode, or I'm just going to open up a can of whoop ass
0: because nah, it's it perfect soundtrack.
1: Yeah, uh, um, well, it's definitely gonna be in the soundtrack.
0: Well, you know, hey, wait, I've Ra- got a new complaint. That's this Rameen, episode. That's the season. Ramin
1: can do no wrong in my book this season.
0: <laughs> no, well, but I also feel like um, they're picking smart. Like it's really smart the decisions they're making with the songs, like in a bunch of ways. You know, what the song is, what kind of context it has. Um, picking something that you can strip down like that. You know, uh, the same way we talked about Radiohead last season. Um, I'm I'm really curious what um, what the next song is gonna say to us, you know, about what's happening in the episode because they're they're like a little bit of commentary, you know. Um, and I'm into that, so I'm uh, I I have really enjoyed the the musical journey this season, and I can't wait to see what we get next week.
1: Indeed, agreed.
0: (laughs) Uh, Um, I think that's probably it for us, Um, because, like at this point, you know, like I said, we don't have a lot of payoff.
1: (laughs) uh, Yeah, the the sad thing for me really is half the season's gone. Yeah, and uh, we're probably not going to get season three until at least this time next year. And I'm just going to hate the world if it's delayed any longer.
0: So. It's going to be pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be pretty grim. But we will have this season to watch again in the meantime, which will over be
1: great. and over and over again. We yeah, <laughs> always do.
0: All right. And I, um, so I want to. I just want to point out that we are always looking forward to your theories. Uh, You can send us your theories, your suggestions, your. um, cool thing that you found on YouTube about this thing from the show and uh, we are happy to take all of those we are happy to get those out Westworld Rewind which is the Twitter account for the show and I want to thank again Jason and everyone at Incomparable for hosting us this has been Greetings from the Uncanny Valley the incomparable podcast about Westworld we've been discussing season two episode five Akane no Mai we're halfway through the season. I'm sad about it, and I'm sure. Well, I'm not sure. I shouldn't say I'm sure. <laughs> we can't be sure of anything when it comes to Westworld. Um, I definitely want to find out. This was the thing that I uh, I had on my list, but I don't. I, but I didn't have my notes up in front of me a minute ago. Um, I want to find out uh, the aftermath of of Shogun World because I want to know uh, what's I mean, I'm sad we didn't spend a bunch of time talking about Sakura, because I really enjoyed her, and she's gone now. Well, find out if we get her back. So.
1: We'll find out. <laughs> so we She's will, the marble. No. Yes, she's the marble. Uh, so we'll be recording again in less than 48 hours. Less
0: <laughs> than 48 hours, because this is later Friday night. Uh, so uh, you will hear more from us very soon, and... In the meantime, uh, we are signing off. I have been and will continue to be until somebody swaps out my brain velvet cupcake. Kelly Gamont. And with me as always, Don Melton. Party on, Don. Party on, Garth. We will talk to you again very, very soon. And in the meantime, be excellent to each other. I'm really bad at wrapping up the show.
1: (laughs) You snuck that last point in. Got to get your notes up. That was a good point. Uh, We didn't talk about Sakura. And like a dumbass, I actually had something uh, earlier to say about her, but I didn't want to bring it up (laughs) then and stretch out the ending another half an hour. Uh, We'll we'll cover it later. uh, We always cover it later.